Gearheart's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Go. And once again, the program that asked the question, where are we going? Water in the handbasket. Do we have a GPS for that, uh, where we're going? <laughs> or are we just using old-fashioned maps? Well, I think the world needs one. I think I, we're going I, south. I, That's where we're going. I think we're going south, going yeah. somewhere. Or other. Yeah. This is uh, the 30th day. Of, of the merry Thursday, month of January. The merry month of January. And uh, I want to start here by uh, wishing people well as we approach the opening day of the quarterly celebration of Extortion Day in New Jersey. The Extortion Day Festival will begin tomorrow. That means your quarterly property taxes are due. And uh, the natives will, as we do in celebrations, the natives will turn out in their colorful costumes. And they'll speak in tongues, no doubt. <laughs> Sing, dance, and wave, wave goodbye. As they queue up to leave the state, have you ever with their pockets turned have you know, you, inside have, out? Do you mail your property taxes, or do you uh, I, make I, the uh, pilgrimage to the town hall? No, to I, do it I've been mailing. I've done. I've done a little bit yeah. of each. But uh, going to the town hall—that's a real treat. People are walking oh, in there with their faces all scorned. Nobody holds the door <laughs> open for everybody. Good morning. <laughs> then they make some snide comment to the poor clerk. It's not his or her fault over there. It's like, but you know, oh, here, here, you just squeeze this out of this is my last dime, and you know, I, you know, I don't people, think anybody's done it in New Jersey recently that I know of. But there have been a couple of cases where people would take uh, pennies. Pennies. <laughs> and, and one famous case, I remember one time, the person had not only filled a wheelbarrow up with pennies, but he filled it up with molasses on top oh. of it, mixed them all up. And it got into court, and I think legally they had to take it's it. It's currency, because, right? It's, it's currency. legal tender. Took it right? down there. Jeez. Well, well, I think, anyway. interestingly enough, speaking of the, the people, again, with their pockets turned inside out, Governor Murphy, uh, regarding the people leaving the state over the taxes and, and the, uh, what the, uh, the, the quality of life mm -hmm. economically in the state, Governor Murphy has as much as said to them, good riddance. Uh, he's quoted as saying, if the tax rate is your issue, your we're probably issue. not your state. Right. So if, if all you care about is uh, lower property taxes and fiscal responsibility, this ain't the place for you. Well, it's not if all you. I mean, people are going to care about a few other things, but right. if, if that certainly is, is, yes. is a high-level uh, problem for you. Yeah. And so, in effect, he says to you people who have worked hard and you have been frugal and you have heeded the biblical admonition, I guess, to live a good life, save your money, and buy a home. Take right. care of your family. Be responsible. And now you have to leave because you can't afford the property taxes. Yeah. The governor says, well, go to hell. Hmm. However, most people seem to choose to go to South Carolina or, or Georgia <laughs> or someplace like that. South, is, but not as far as south as hell. But, but I, think, I think it's interesting here, as I, as I uh, have read this quote anyway, uh, if this is uh, your issue, uh, property taxes. we're... Let's see, we're probably not the state. So he has separated your, you, from we. Right. All right, so which is quite interesting as a, uh, what an indicator of attitude right. here. Semantics. And so the state is not the uh, place of the people, but the plaything of those who do not have to worry about property taxes, right. I guess. The governor and his ilk apparently consider themselves above such petty concerns. 
uh, people as you know people who struggle to pay the Trenton fiddler and so uh, officially now as a policy in New Jersey you can all go to hell I would suggest uh, Carolinas. Yeah, or maybe even Bucks uh, County, which is a little bit closer to home. Uh, yeah, I would, I would suggest even downtown Beirut, Lebanon would be preferable. <laughs> but, you know, it's up to you, uh, you know, when you have to go. Uh, other things going on, uh, the uh, obviously the president was in. Oh, no, that was the whole story this week, yeah. Big, and big you, news. You, got, you brought me this or printed this out from, what was it, uh, our Twitter? Uh, this is uh, the results or numbers of the attendees statistics from the Uh attendees and this came from the trump re-election campaign the uh campaign manager tweeted this out uh just yesterday wednesday i had a a friend data friend Um, of the radio station a caller ed from delran ed from delran yeah Uh Yeah. and uh ed called me before he and his son were going down they had tickets and yet they were going down monday to start camping out. Mm-hmm. And apparently people did because there were 158,632 requested tickets. Right. If you weren't online by early uh, Tuesday yeah. morning, uh, people were sleeping over as early as Sunday. Monday, if you weren't online by Monday, you weren't getting in. If you left, but, if you left midday Tuesday to get down there, mm-hmm. oh, sure, it would be five, six hours ahead. You weren't getting in. But an interesting breakdown here now. 158,632 people had, had requested tickets. Okay. Now, I don't it doesn't say how many actually got them. But did they limit it to 7,500? Well, 7,500 7, was the capacity that, that was for the, capacity. The, the convention center, yeah. And uh, the uh, 26.3% were Democrats. Of the 158,000 people. Of the 158,000 people, which is very, very interesting. I don't know what this means, whether they're trying to get tickets to go in and, uh, you know, boo or, or uh, they actually had were registered as Democrats, right. but they were supporters of the president, which, yeah. which would be nice. Nice to see people mm-hmm. supporting the president. And the, and the it would be easier to support the president if he were struck mute yeah. and, and he didn't talk right. uh, or else, you know, had a bad toothache or something. I, I don't wish him any ill. But, uh, you know, sometimes when you know he's going to speak, you wince. But what he does is, 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 I don't think we've ever had a dichotomy like that in our history. A president who does very positive things and some very good things, and the country is generally in, in good shape. Uh, and yet he will come on after he does something that's very good and notable and stand there and put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> I guess that's his charm, right? I guess that's part of the charm. (laughs) And uh, you were saying, uh, here's another great stat from those 158,000 people. 10% of those 158,000 who requested tickets, 10% did not vote in the last uh, presidential election. So we're assuming they will in this one. Hmm. Okay, well, that was was an interesting phenomenon, though. And I think uh, probably people have sort of talked out about that. Thank God there was no problem. Right. Well, the mayor Uh, down there is all upset. Because uh, he stuck with the it. stuck with the cleanup, but uh, how much? You think about what a what a shot in the arm to the economy down there at the shore, over the last uh, week or so. You imagine oh, it's yeah, a it's yeah. a it's a throwaway week. Oh, Nobody's sure. going to the shore. You got businesses open like it's the middle of the uh, summer season, charging full price or even more for some hotel rooms mm-hmm. and restaurants and things and. Yeah, that was that was a blessing. That was a drop from the sky for a lot of those uh, mer- yeah. merchants down there. So. Well, speaking of uh, the doings of, of political people, Dan Alexander, our uh, news 
uh, and our here director here of the Facebook Live. Dan, you uh, know the story about the mayor of Mawa. <laughs> oh, what it a great is, story, Is there Jim. a Ma and Pa Wawa in Mawa? Well, as Joe Cutter says, is there a Wawa in Mawa? A Wawa. They're, they're, okay, that's what I was saying. Is with there a, all ma, of the... a Ma and Pa Wawa? In Mawa. Is there a Wawa hey, in the Mawa? Forget I brought it up. Dan, there yes. will the be a Mawa somewhere. Is, there's an old expression that somebody, you know, when they're, when they're discovered doing something untoward, they got caught with his pants down. <laughs> well, this is literally true, as we understand it. Yeah, so what happened was that there's a letter going... The, the, the mayor was presented with a letter from employees who were unhappy with his behavior at this party where he uh, he admitted to uh, NorthJersey.com that he had too much to drink at this party at the home of an employee, had too much to drink, went into a bedroom, took his pants off, and passed out. And that's he admitted he admitted that he ha he admitted that it happened. He admitted that he had too much to drink. So apparently, his, they called his they woke him up. They called his wife. His wife came to get him, and he thought that was the end of it. He thought it was a personal matter, according to the letter, which we have not seen a copy of. By the way, uh, trying to get a copy, but we don't have a copy of the letter. He claims that um, uh, the letter claims that that he he's been creating an atmosphere within the his office that has made it uh, uncomfortable for employees who he's trying to basically he was trying to basically keep a lid on what had happened according to this letter. But he keeping a lid on? Can he keep his pants what? on? I mean, is he coming into the office like that? <laughs> so, but you know, as I understand it from the story, uh, he actually was. They recalled the former mayor. Yeah. For what? Other unseemly uh, behavior. <laughs> other indiscretions. Other right? indiscretions. So he is the reform mayor. Yes. Uh, He's up for re-election this year. <laughs> Just throw that what in else? Well, oh, oh. We, I guess we've all been there. We can all relate, right? Uh, no. <laughs> you, you have uh, taken your pants off in somebody else's well, home? You, did it say why he took his pants off? He was ready to go to bed, right? From what I've he read, we don't, know, we don't know why he decided to take his pants off. You know, one time, just, you know, things, you, you live in New Jersey long enough, you, you see everything or hear everything. This is true. There was a toll taker on the Garden State Parkway. Uh, the police got a call on the line and said there's a toll taker and he's standing there with his privates out. Yeah. You know, and, and the ladies come by to pay the toll. He's standing, just standing there with, you know, exposed. And so they collared him. And his reason why he was doing it was that he had some kind of a ration. The doctor had told him to air it out. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> he was making change. That, that's as close as I can, I can come to that. You, you got one here uh, I love. Bob printed this out uh, for me. All right. You, you tell I the will, story. I will tell it. All right. And this is right up your alley, Mr. Gerhardt. The Oscar Mayer Wienermobile yeah, of has, legend, been, yeah. has been cited for a traffic violation in the great state of Wisconsin. It was pulled over by police recently for not yielding to the right. It was in the left lane, and it was not, it was not going a fast enough. To keep a failure to, right. to stay to the right. A left the lane. Oscar, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. A left lane Wiener. <laughs> The dun, dun, dun. In New Jersey, it's the left lane dick, but in Wisconsin, it's the it's left lane, left wiener, lane wiener. Boy, that's great. We have to send a, a letter of commendation or something to the police in Wisconsin for, for 
Yeah. You know, reading statistics, I, I, I railed about that for years and years and years. The left lane dick, the person who the left lane hog, you can't get around on the road. Yeah. Uh, statistically, I, I looked this up, a huge, very large number of, of citations for that are given out in New Jersey, although mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I never see it. And I get behind these people every day on my mm-hmm. way home. And uh, I don't mind if I say the majority of them are from Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. I, I used to, when I, when I was commuting, uh, I was spent a lot of time on uh, uh, the uh, 295, you yeah. know, uh, the northern, I guess, part of it here, and uh, getting to central New Jersey, the radio station. So I, I developed this thing. If I got behind a car or one around me with, with Pennsylvania license plates on it, yeah. I would either pull off the road and wait till he got outside. <laughs> because I, there's going to be some problem. Yes. I'm going to get somehow irked right. <laughs> by that by that right. driver. Well, it's notorious. I, I drive 202, and I pick up all these drivers coming north out of uh, New Hope over the bridge, yeah, and then uh-huh. they camp themselves in the right lane, and if the speed says 55, by golly, they're not going past 55. They're in the left lane. They're staking out their turf. They're backing things up like a half a mile or so until people realize it's a pensy putz in the left lane, and <laughs> you got to go around time, it, and you got to go left and around it. It's like it's a traffic hazard. Let me ask Dan Alexander here. Dan, if, if you just had to, had to pick, somebody jumped out of an alley and got you by the lapels and says, quick, what is it to you the most interesting story right now uh, as a news person in New Jersey? What, what would you say would be your number one? Oh, my. Most of the hands here went up and they said the, the mayor with the pants down. But, I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear a laugh from That's the news got... directress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I think that the, the other interesting story that we've been covering is the uh, Stephanie Parr's case the, where right. they found her body in Oldbridge. Um, her viewing is today. Uh-huh. Uh, right. But her, his, uh, the parents, uh, so the prosecutor has said that her ex-boyfriend, uh, John Osbilgen is, I'm paraphrasing here, is solely responsible for her death, and he based his his uh, he based his statement upon a suicide note that he said that he left because uh, you may not know he he hung himself yeah. uh, in his parents' house shortly after being released after they found uh, child pornography on his cell phone. He was released by a judge on a Tuesday. On Friday morning, he had hung that later that week, just before Thanksgiving, he had hung himself. So the prosecutor said he left a, a, a suicide note, and he confessed to the. He said he had. Oh, he did. Uh, killed his. Uh, uh, killed Stephanie Pars. Um, the parents yesterday came out with a statement that uh, that's not true. Yeah, I read the parents' statement. So I think it's interesting because now it breaks down to what he said, she said, and basically, I think we'll know. I think if we see the suicide note. That will kind of be the end of that discussion, but that, I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. The parents indicated their view was that he had been harassed by authorities into the suicide. And he, they said, as, as I saw it, they said that he, uh, whatever he said in the note was true, except uh, they, they said that there was no pornography. They, they he, he, was, he had, uh, that. I had talked to his lawyer at the time, uh-huh. that, at that charge. And he, had, the lawyer, said that he was very, he very strongly denied uh, having the pornography on on the phone. Well, did he say how it got on there? That's rather well. That was what the lawyer said. That that was a, that was a head scratcher too. Was that he couldn't explain how it got there, but he said it, he didn't put it there. Yeah, it, was what, it was what the lawyer told me. Yeah, <laughs> horny elves do it every time. Give him a chance. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I get it. I, I guess. I, I, see, I don't know how big this is. They're having this uh, this uh, the impeachment uh, trial in Washington. 
I saw a story that said that the galleries, which are normally jammed when they have an event like this, are very lightly attended. Really? Which, which would indicate that there's not nearly as much interest in this as media is stirring up, I mean among the people, as the media is stirring up and the, uh, the politicians are stirring up. Well, that was an interesting. Yeah. But this all boils down, this whole furor, this whole hysteria, and I think the uh, Democratic leadership in Congress, they're soiling their underwear over this in fear that Donald Trump is going to get reelected. Now, why? Why? Other than the fact that uh, if he does, then the party does not have their candidate in the White House. But the big thing, I think, boils down to one poor lady, and that is Justice Ginsburg, who is very seriously ill, and yet it appears that they're, they're almost exhuming this poor lady to keep her on the court so that Trump does not get, if she retires, Trump gets to appoint a replacement. And the feeling is that he, in all probability, would, well, obviously, would replace it with a conservative. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have another conservative justice on the Supreme Court, the progressive's game is over for at least for the foreseeable the future until yes. these people right. retire for many years down the line. So I think the prize here, more than the presidency, is the Supreme Court seat that uh, Mrs. Ginsburg holds. And uh, the last I saw, she's very seriously ill lady, and she's certainly very bravely and gamely trying to stay there to, to, to keep the position yep. for the party. Uh, but if she happens to not be able to do that, or she is disabled, uh, I guess they could come up with something and put her like on temporary leave, or, but, but they, they, they've got to keep this going. Hopefully they can unseat Trump or discredit him to the point that he is found guilty of something and taken from office. But I think that's the plum. Almost more than the presidency, which is for four years, mm -hmm. would be the Supreme Court majority, which would be for a long number of years. Yeah. And uh, another thing I thought was interesting on the national scene, and you have to tell me how to pronounce his name, the Democratic Party candidate who's now polling number three is... Oh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. He made a statement that I found rather amazing, and he said that pro-life Democrats, people who are anti-abortion or for not killing babies, pro-life Democrats have no place in the Democratic Party. Ow. Ouch. That's, uh, that, that's, that's stark. Very and that's that's somewhat frightening, and that shows what would happen if some of these people came into power. I think you better start thinking about this. Yeah. If this radical wing came into power, then this is the sort of thing you're going to get. And, and it gets back almost to the statement that we talked about that Steve Sweeney in New Jersey had said, you know, people can yell all they want. We're going to do what we pretty would, much what, what we, we want to do. But that, wow. so, that's a, that, yeah. see, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of Democrats. So uh, it's uh, it's it's scary. It's scary it's, out that's, there. That's Which chilling. is why we asked, where are we going? Why the hand yeah, right. I kind of liken it. Hope it's not true. The old Western movie had a stock bit of a train that was out of control, and the train is heading toward a bridge that's out because there's been a flood and the pilings have been washed away, and here are all these passengers on the train and it's heading toward this bridge that's out, and then there, but the engineer is uh, 
Well, he's probably playing video games or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at, at, the, at at this date, did you 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 had a follow up to that, Dan? No. Uh, that I was talking about. No. Oh, oh I thought maybe you were looking for the. No. Uh, what, give me his name again. Mayor Buttigieg. Okay, it's not good. Pete. Yes, Pete. Okay. Uh, that's the strongest bit of progressive radicalism I think I've ever heard. <laughs> you have no place in the Democratic Party. Uh, so, and also, there, there also have been, uh, some of these groups have actually proposed that the government start setting up gulags <laughs> for Trump supporters. Oh, who was the one recently? I think it was just yesterday. Uh, oh boy, I, I just happened to run across this and I should have written it down had said that uh, people should start beating up Trump supporters. Uh, I think this, uh, what was this congresswoman from Los Angeles, Waters? Maxine, oh, Waters. Maxine Waters. Waters. I think she pretty much said, but she didn't say beat them up, she said harass Trump supporters. Yeah, she said that previously. Did she, re yeah, yeah. Did she reiterate that? Or well, I don't know. She, she had said it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know when yeah. she said it, but I'm right. sure, I mean, you, know, you get from her demeanor, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how she truly believes right. that that should happen. It's uh, uh, what would happen? What would happen if Trump is reelected and gets to support, uh, gets to uh, to to propose a new justice for the Supreme Court? Which is going to happen over the next four years? You really can't see. Well, if he's reelected, right. it, it, Well, I can't imagine some, uh, Mrs. Ginsburg or another person on the Supreme Court not retiring before yeah, right, then. Right. But th this, that is critical, and, and the Democrats would try unless they put their tail between their legs and slink off in defeat after, if he gets reelected because they will have done all this stuff for nothing except alienate the people. Yeah, Maxine Waters in 2018 had said essentially if you see a Trump member of Trump's cabinet to give them a hard to harass them. Yes. You, remember, like, you may they, recall there was a, the a time where there, one of the members of his cabinet was in a, was in a restaurant mm -hmm. and, and someone walked up to them and started right. giving them a hard time yeah. while they were trying to have dinner. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's uh what they used to say in Hill Street Blues when they lined them up in the beginning, be careful out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous out there. Oh, you have, you have oh, some oh. news from the Eyewitness News this, Department, this, right? This, this is, what, this? Yeah, okay. yeah, I gotta, this? I've got to read this. <laughs> this is by uh, Eric Potts, who is uh, on the radio station. He works here at the radio station. Yeah, Eric is on when? Uh, he's on weekends, and he's also fills in uh, talk show. Uh, he's one of the talk uh -huh. show fill-ins, and he's also behind the scenes. He's, a, he's an Eric of all trades. Okay, so Eric, Eric And he's wrote a former this, police officer. But he's also got a good, good yes. wit, sense of humor here. <laughs> and he wrote this. I guess this was posted on our website. On, on his Facebook, yeah. All right, on, on his Facebook. And it says, breaking news, Democrats blame Trump for Hindenburg tragedy. <laughs> well, here's Lawrence L. Pansonfire, Democrat from California, claims that a time ripple caused by President Trump's illegal and immoral attack on the benevolent and peaceful country of Iran had traveled through a wormhole and arrived at Lakehurst, New Jersey, <laughs> just prior to May 1937. Pansonfire claims that the time ripple caused by Trump's attack on Soleimani, who Pansonfire described as a really cool dude, <laughs> was a very bad time ripple that was just looking to cause trouble. And the time ripple should have received congressional authority prior to galvanating through space and time and the continuum. Hanson Fire and other top Democrats have stated that Trump is also most likely responsible for the bubonic plague epidemic in the 
of the 14th century, as well as all subsequent wars, New Coke (laughs) and Cop Rock. Uh, not to mention uh, coronavirus. Uh, right. He's going to get blamed for that. I'm sure he did that. Yeah. Uh, so, some Democrat's going to stand up. Yeah, somebody email Schiff, give him that idea. Okay. He, he likes stuff like right. that. Okay. They can impeach him for that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, listen, thank you. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you, Eric. That was that, that's cute. very that's good. All righty. Uh, what else we got going here? Oh, Super Bowl. Oh, oh. Super Bowl. No, 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 no. I wanted to get back to something that's in your domain. Was a traffic accident of these trucks? Oh, on the uh, the turnpike? Uh, yeah, at least from what I saw. That, that was that a was huge a bad event. thing, yeah. And I saw the picture of them. Mm-hmm. You saw that, Dan? Dan, oh, yeah. Dan, the, Dan the, was the, working the, that story. Uh, uh, my supervisor over at the traffic service, Jim Battalise, was one of the first on the scene, and he jumped out of his car to help... Uh, somebody get out of the wreckage uh-huh. so it was a pretty amazing story there jim i mean uh dan right yeah, tell us he what uh he was on his way home from work and yeah. yeah just what you said and he um took some pictures that we have at uh, nj1015.com yeah. and uh yeah it was quite but the amazing thing is they got it cleared up the they moved everything over to the shoulder because i saw some helicopter shots i mean those cars those trucks were four tractor trailers involved yeah. and they got them off to the shoulder and, and there's no uh no fatalities right that's how, how that's far was the traffic backed up for that one that was uh, it lane. was backed up to uh it the the crash took place north of 8a the traffic was back to uh the new brunswick area exit uh yeah. exit that's about 10 exit miles nine. Yeah. good 10 yeah. miles but uh yeah, yeah fortunately Nobody, no major injuries. That's good. Yeah, you mentioned what the Super Bowl cover. When is that? That's that's not Sunday. This, is it this Sunday or is Sunday. it the next? This Sunday. It's this Sunday. This Sunday, Kansas I City. I can't work up any huge enthusiasm. San Fran, because they're out of they're out of the towners. That's yeah, well, there's no, no team involved in it that I've ever been a fan of. I think know, a lot of people you around move here. around and over your life you become fans of teams where you've lived. Yeah. And so we don't have any local team here. We don't have teams from Washington, from Pittsburgh, you know, places that have been Washington uh, State. I think a lot of people around here, though, have a soft spot for Andy Reid, the uh, former Eagles coach who's now going to the Super Bowl for the first time in his career, and everybody wants him to do well. Andy Reid, by all accounts, great coach, great mentor. Yeah, I cannot work up any enthusiasm for San Francisco. I I don't Mm. know why. Hmm. But, uh, you know, in my time, I've known people who played ball for them, of yeah. course. In fact, I almost got punched out by Y.E. Tittle one time. I, oh. I, I wouldn't have, but, <laughs> you know what? I, I won't get into this long story. You know Y.E. Tittle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we were at a, at a thing. I was working in Seattle, and Seattle was, uh, they were trying to get a professional football team. So you see how far this goes back. They didn't have one. So Hugh McElhaney, who was Hugh the King, the great running back, uh, was, had a combine in Seattle. He'd retired, but he lived there. And they had a, a person who was willing, an investor, to put up money to buy a franchise. And so what they did was, because he had, uh, McElhaney had played for San Francisco, they had this big event, dinner, and they had a lot of former players. And I was invited because I was on the air there at the time, and they had media people there. So I was at the table with uh, John Brody, Y.A. Tittle, and uh, gosh, I don't know, other former players and everybody well we had we had uh, somehow taken a, a nip or two from the cup that cheers i would say nobody was feeling a whole lot of pain except john brody the quarterback he didn't drink he just smoked cigars but the rest of us were doing pretty well and uh, but tittle was sitting across the table from me and we were talking and reminiscing and talking about his career and i said you know somehow my great memory of you is this great picture of you 
in uh, the old Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia after the game. You're on one knee. Remember that that picture? Mm -hmm. He's on one knee. It's a classic picture, the quarterback with his helmet off and his head down, and he's got cut on his head, this look of dejection. And it, it's absolutely a classic, a fallen gladiator thing. And, and he got very upset by that. I mean, he didn't actually obviously threaten any violence, but he, I could tell he was upset by that. But later, when he wrote his book, they had that on the cover. Oh. So he apparently changed his mind. So I'll have to take credit for reminding yeah, him. Yeah, maybe, maybe you inspired him. <laughs> inspired him for his book. Take the picture. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, you spend a lifetime in broadcasting or media, uh, the people you run into. Mm. It's yeah. a fascinating thing. And you've had quite a career. I've never met a mayor who went around with his pants down. Now, <laughs> you know. See, there's a first, right? Uh, this is a New Jersey first. Yeah. More so, on that next week. I'm yeah, sure. more coming up next week on yeah. that. Well, uh, that's it. Yeah, I'm, t I'm trying to think there was something that crossed my mind that uh, has gone right in of it and come back out of it again. Uh, but, uh, oh, oh, I don't, I'm not sure we have time. Okay, I, I'll do this next week. Uh, we know that you, the, the goal of New Jersey politicians is to uh, gain what amounts to a, a key to the Treasury to take public funds to buy votes or to do things with those public funds that enhance their career. You set up entitlement programs, you give to this group and that for loyalty, so you get continuously reelected to buy votes. So the question is, okay, so you're buying votes, how much does a vote cost? And uh, I figured that I took one election when I knew that uh, I had the figures uh, for the, well, this was for the Senate, the New Jersey State Senate, and uh, the breakdown on this, how much the winning candidate for the New Jersey State Senate spent per vote. Hmm. And it's a lot of money. Wow. And so you can see why the politicians do this, why they prefer, rather than paying for education to relieve our property taxes with the Treasury money, which the Constitution says they should do, then they prefer to take this money and put it into programs that buy them votes. Of course. <laughs> and so you can understand why, because it's expensive. Yeah. All right, so we'll do that next week, next right. time. Have yourself a great week. And, uh, yeah, if you're involved in the extortion festival, and, uh, you know... Just, I'll see uh, you down at Town Hall over the next couple of days. Program your garment for... Uh, <laughs> don't, go, don't go where the governor has pretty much, in words, suggested that you do. South Carolina is much yeah, nicer <laughs> this time of year. Even with some of the stuff that goes on down there, it's certainly preferable to the other place. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thank you very much.